All right. Gosh. I can't remember the last time you just stopped talking and I didn't have to say more. This is great. You're all back. Um, before I preach, um, I want to do something else. We, um, we, as you know, we just did the uh, prophecy and, and um, the, the seed of honor, and I want to try something else. Um, last week, um, Joel, when he was preaching, he mentioned um, listening prayer, only he kind of was saying it in a way like, I didn't know about that. I don't know what I thought about listening prayer. And he, he, he wasn't used to some of the ways that we did things when he came to Blazing Fire many, many years ago. Now he loves it. You know, there's certain things he loves that he didn't know about then. But when he talked about that, I thought, oh, he just kind of passed right through it, didn't explain it at all. And, and this week, God's really been drawing me back to um, spending time in listening prayer. So I thought, well, let me tell you about it a little bit, and then let's try it, okay? And then we're gonna, then we'll move on to the sermon. But I'll tell you why. Um, I am so. I don't know about you, but I'm. I want God. I want Him, and I want. I want experiences, and I want encounters, and I want relationship. And a lot of times we can just talk and talk and talk about stuff, and He's He's kind of waiting for us to to actually spend time with Him. And, um, and so that's what listening prayer really is. It's about making space for God in our very harried world. Our, you know, there's so much going on with all of us. So many demands, but, just, but even just entertainment. You know, every, we don't have to have a quiet moment in the day if we don't want, right? And so what, let's just talk about it for a minute. What is listening prayer? Um, well... So listening prayer is about listening to God, giving him space to talk to you. So, so how I go about this is I quiet myself first um, and try to eliminate distractions. So even now, if you have a phone and you haven't silenced it, that'd be a really good thing to do anytime you're in church anyway. But I'm just saying even the buzz, because I don't know about you, but I was in the middle of worship and some text came in and I felt it. And like, now my mind has a choice. If I didn't know about it, I wouldn't have a choice. That's what we're talking about, about eliminating distractions, because they're all over the place, right? So here, you know, it's, it's, um, we're all in the same room, so there's already some distractions, because you're not by yourself. But any, any, anytime I do this, usually I'm alone, almost always. Well, that's not true. We, as an elder team, we do this sometimes. We do it in groups sometimes. But when I'm alone, uh, all distractions are gone, so I don't have my phone, anything like that. Um, like... Like, don't start looking at your emails. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. There's no end to that stuff. Um, focus inward on the Lord who lives in you. This is Christ in me. This is really important as you're listening to God. Is if you think God's out there somewhere, and hopefully, you know, you have your radar in the right spot to pick it up, then already we've made it way too hard. Um, he's, he lives, he's made his home in us. So, so... As you're eliminating distractions, now the next thing you're saying is, Jesus, you're right here. Father, you're right here. Holy Spirit, you're right here. All right? Uh, third thing is, with a sincere heart, ask God to speak to you and let him know that you want to hear from him anything he wants to reveal to you. With a sincere heart, meaning, meaning you're actually coming to this, A, because you want to. That's actually really important. Like right now, I'm kind of, almost making you because you're sitting here, right? You didn't know we were going to do this. But you know what I'm saying. When you're doing this at home, it's got to be because you want this. You actually want him and you want to listen and hear from him. And that, that's huge. And then the next part is just saying, God, I believe that you do speak. Now, when we say speak, I'm just going to say, because I never know, you know, I've said this before, but I don't know who hasn't heard this, that God doesn't usually speak audibly out loud, you know, with a megaphone, and his first language isn't English, believe it or not. Um, meaning he communicates with us. That's a better way of saying, sometimes when we say speaking, we're waiting for that audible voice. So for me, usually it's much more of an impression or a flow, or I begin to feel his heart on something. And then a lot of times, um, 
number five I have down here, we'll get to it in a minute, is to journal. A lot of times um, I am actually journaling as I'm listening. I don't know if some of you, if you type a lot like me, I, I don't think about typing anymore. You know, I just, I just don't. Like, so, so therefore, I can actually have my eyes closed, be lost somewhere, and I'm literally typing about as fast as, as, I'm, as, as I'm feeling and sensing what the Lord is saying. And then after a while, it just becomes a flow. And I, honestly, I have to go back later to see what I wrote because um, I don't remember it all. Um, anyway, but if you're not like that, don't worry about it. Just afterwards, um, you, can, um, you can just write down impressions or thoughts that you got. Uh, a, a really good thing to do sometimes, uh, in addition to just what, what would you like to say to me, Lord, is to ask other questions. Um, I said Father here, but honestly, you, if, if you want to, um, there's no right or wrong way to do this part where you can say Jesus, you can say Holy Spirit. But a lot of times I'm saying, Father, um, is there anything you want to communicate to me? So that leaves it wide open. But the next one, what do you think about me? So if you don't really know, what would I want to hear from God? Do you want to know what he has to think, what he thinks about you? It's going to sound like we just were practicing. It's going to sound positive and uplifting and something that's, that's going to encourage you. Uh, or here's another one. Father, would you give me wisdom about? So there's something that that you just want to know about. Now, <clears throat> interestingly, is that he won't always directly answer that question. You may know this by now. It's still good to ask it if you want to know. Because he has his, what feels like to us, roundabout ways of telling us things, but actually it's, it's very purposeful what he's actually telling us. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's uh, relating to the thing we're asking about. It's just not in the way we thought it was going to come back to us. That's one of the ways you know it's him, too. He doesn't give all the answers that we would give. And then the last thing I said is, um, is journal it. And I wanted to, um, before we try this out, I really felt strongly about this tonight, so I'm glad we're, we're just going to do it. It's going to be good. And um, <clears throat> I wanted to give you an example. And this was just from a couple days ago. I'm just going to read a little bit of mine. Um, and I asked, you know, I really felt like it was okay. Like normally I don't, I don't like to necessarily read these because it's not, I'm not doing this to have something to say when I'm up here, I'm doing this because I'm hungry and wanting, you know, relationship and wanting to hear what he has to say. And so I was asking the question, this is, I'm going to show you what I mean about sometimes you ask a certain question, but he'll give a very different kind of answer. One of my initial questions was what's happening in the church? And I mean, that was capital C, that church. You know, Lord, what are you doing in your people around the world? And the first impression I got, <clears throat> this is how it started out for me, was uh, for God so loved the world. John 3.16. You, you'll probably know that one well. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. But I, all I really saw, the impression or the, the, the sense I got was God so loved the world. And of course, I knew right away that was John 3.16, but I... Then I said, <clears throat> I'm typing this, and I said, man, you love people. And you love the world you created for us. Creation is breathing life, but groaning because we don't know who we are. That was my response to his, to just that impression from a, of a scripture, God so loved the world. And so I said, uh, we don't know who we are. And his response to me right then was, and you, son, keep forgetting who you are. just want to remind you, this is not where I thought my question was going at all. But it gets really good. I'm only going to read to you a little bit of this. I said, who am I, Father? See, this is a dialogue. Once you start getting in a place with him, it actually becomes a dialogue. I, he says you've forgotten who, at times you forget who you are. Who am I, Father? You are delightful to me. I have placed within you the power to declare and shift realities. Okay, one second. Have a seat, please. Thank you. All right, we're going to go back and try that again. You are delightful to me. I have placed within you the power to declare and shift realities. Spend much more time with me, son. That's the only way you can know and agree with my realities. There is a whole lot more, like, 
sorry, he says, and this was, he said this to me, this is how he speaks to you in ways that you will, will speak to you. He said, this is a whole lot more like what you think of as sci-fi than you would imagine. That may make no sense to you. It made perfect sense to me because <clears throat> he's talking to me. He's saying, you know, the stuff we see in the movies and what we think of as sci-fi. He's like, yeah, when you get who you are and my realities and the authority you have, it's a whole lot more like that than you could imagine, is what he was telling me. Right now, so I said, my response was, right now, take me places in the Spirit, Father. And, 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 and now became a feeling time for me. Suddenly, I had this surreal peace uh, and serenity. Uh, and it was so deep. It was so real. And it was lasting for, for quite a while. And then he says to me, look over Pleasanton. That's the city I'm from. What do you see from up here? And I said, I see people everywhere trying to cope, trying to make it. I see despair, heartache, loneliness. And as I'm saying this stuff, I am sinking because I'm feeling it all. And he said, stay up here with me. He said, come back to the peace continually or the spirit of this world will start to entangle you and pull you into the emotions that are false. So our emotions feel real. He's just saying that's not the truest reality there is. I don't, I'm, I'm stopping to explain some things, but anyway, like I said, he's speaking to me in ways that I, that I was totally following with him. I said, what can I do, Father. He said, start by agreeing with me for these precious lost ones. They aren't lost because they are outside of me. They're lost because they can't perceive me and feel my comfort and know my truth. Agree with me continuously. Ask me to open their hearts to see me. So my prayer, what right then was, open their eyes, Father. Let them see how beautiful and comforting and kind and merciful you are. He said, son, don't just do. Always pray first. And the doors will open for you in a way you can't imagine. Agreement is the key. Agreement with me is what produces the fruit of your labor, not the labor itself, though that is needed at times. Now, I'm telling you, that's a sentence I would not have come up with. That's, it's a sentence I would use now in a book and think I was really brilliant, but I'm telling you, as I'm typing this thing, as it's coming to me, I wasn't thinking about the typing. It was so profound. Agreement with me is what produces the fruit of your labor, not the labor itself, though that is needed at times. He was just trying to show me, and this all started with where's the church. Instead, he's showing me his heart, and then he's giving me a key that I need. Um, that was, this is the first of several pages that day. <clears throat> Every time that I stop to do listening prayer, it's not always like that. Okay? So sometimes I may, I'm, I did, you know, a day or two later I was doing it, and I got just a, little, a little, couple little bits and pieces. So if we sit there and start to compare, then we start thinking one day is better than another, or what's my problem, or I think this doesn't work for me, or whatever, you know? So I'm just trying to be honest with you, because I, I gave you some really... You know, something really cool that he said on other days, it's not always like that. Sometimes, honestly, the next day that uh, it was, I, I got a picture. I said, I said, Father, would you take me up into some, into the heavenly places? And there have been other times where I've actually seen a little bit. He's shown me some things in heaven. But this time, I didn't see any of that. I just, after a while, I felt him put me on his shoulders as a little, I was a little, like a toddler. And, and then... <laughs> And then there was just so much joy, and there were angels just flying around us because they were so happy that we were happy. And, he, and that was it. Like, I didn't have anything else. I didn't have all those dialogue. Or, so I'm just trying to, under, to help you understand that God can speak through, through what feels like thoughts, you know, what seems like thoughts. He can speak through pictures. He can give you a scripture. There's so many different ways, and they're all valid because it's just him communicating in whatever way he wants to with you. Does that make sense? I wanted to do a, 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 a lengthier job explaining it because, honestly, at the end of one of these, he just told me straight out, I want you to teach people this more. So that's why we're doing this. 
to me, this is, okay, I, I won't compare. I'm like, just as important as the sermon. <laughs> I was going to say more important, but it, connection with him is the deal. It is the deal. And, um, and we get so busy and so, and, and we also lie to ourselves that we can't hear God. Um, he wouldn't talk to me or, uh, it, or if you're finding yourself in a bad place, you know, uh, you've made poor choices even today and you're thinking, well, he surely won't talk to me today. I got news for you. He will talk to you always. And he will, no matter what you think you've done or haven't done, you haven't done enough for God, uh, none of those things qualify you or disqualify you. For, you're already qualified in Christ to be loved, and, and Father wants relationship with you always, through all things. So, so there you go. Um, we're going to take a little time to do this, and I'm going to lead you. I asked um, Tina if she would put on a little bit of you know, light music for us, and I want to ask you just to close your eyes. And I'm going to lead you in prayer a little bit, but then we're just going to be quiet for a while and see what the Lord reveals to you. So first, Lord, we're asking right now for your uh, assistance in helping us to quiet our hearts. And by that, I mean even even the issues in our minds that would want to, you know, answer the things that our mind is working on. We just release it all. We just release it. And we say, Lord, our goal right now is to enjoy you. And our goal is to be with you and to listen, to listen. And so if you could just say with your own lips, thank you, Jesus, that you live in me. So thank you, Lord, that we're not like looking outward. We're not trying to find you somewhere out there. You're right here. And a lot of times I would touch my own heart. You're right here, Jesus. This is where you are. And so I want you to um, ask God to uh, speak to you. Just say, Lord, would you speak to me? And would you communicate with me anything that you want to? And then I'm going to let it go after this because this is just going to be a little bit of a time with you you and the Lord. But just, if there's a question, we just said communicate anything you want. But if you have a specific question, you can ask him. And this is one of those times where sometimes my questions are actually internal. I don't always speak them all out. But I pray right now, Lord, take us. Take each one of your children into a special place with you and communicate something to their hearts. I can tell you all that your Father in Heaven loves you so much. And He so longs for, He says to you, I long for more and more uh, intimate away times where 
where we can talk, where we can share hearts. So come away as often as you can and I'll meet with you. So let me just ask, um, is there, would someone like to share anything that, that you got? Yeah, come on. The first thing that I saw was um, like a million rainbow-colored butterflies. Just as I was, I'm trying to remember what part of that, just from the very inception, just a million rainbow-colored butterflies, and it was like all the things that I saw as weights were just these, all these little butterflies just flying, and. Then it was just peace. And yeah, right before you said that about how much he loves us was he said it's been such a privilege to love you. Um, before that he said we have such a rich his- history together. And it's been such a privilege to love you. So good. Yeah, come on. Yeah, go ahead. Share real quick. You first. Okay, so this is what God has said to me. He has said that I know that the demon I've put you through a lot, but it's now time for you to shine. That's awesome. That's awesome. So good. First, the Lord showed me a picture, a vision of like um, deep periwinkle clouds. They're like glistening with stars within them. And then in the midst of it is a, um, a castle with like three spires. And the, the castle is very dark periwinkle. And then illuminated inside the, the windows is this golden light. And then I look inside the window from the distance and I see myself sitting there with the Lord and we're at this little intimate table and he said, you see, the castle doesn't have to be big and the rooms don't have to be huge as long as you are here with me. And he said, so much of your focus is just try to spend time with the Lord. Try, 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 try. And he says, you are worth me spending time with you. One more, and then we'll... I asked the same question as the pastor did. I asked the Lord, what are you doing in the church? And he told me that he's bringing those from the left over to the right. Those who don't know him, I guess he's considered on the left. Over to the right. That's the, and and then I kind of asked him. I said, "What are you doing, like in the church, right?" And he's filling us up with his with his love. I wish I could share so much more, but so that's awesome. it. Okay, thank you, thank you. All right. The um, <clears throat> I know some of you. I'm sure there are some of you in this room who uh, would be saying. I didn't get anything, didn't hear anything. Probably there are some. So, so I just want to tell you it's okay. Um, honestly, a couple minutes of quiet <laughs> solitude is not a bad thing. You know, sometimes that's what we need is just to rest. And the Lord knows that as well. But I would also say don't give up trying. Um, you know, a lot of the people that come up here and they say, well, you know, I saw this and I saw that. Many of them have been doing this for a long time and it didn't start out that way. So I just want to encourage you, keep going. That's what he would say to all of us. And what I heard from several of you is uh, God saying to us, you're worth my time. You, you are worth it. Um, there's a scripture in Second uh, Chronicles 16.9 that says, um, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the wor- world to, 
to find those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He's looking, he's looking, he's looking. And he's, he's there to strengthen, to strengthen the hearts of those who are fully committed to him. So um, <clears throat> that doesn't mean we always get it right. Think about David uh, in the scriptures called a man after God's own heart. And we could look at the facts of his life or the, let's just say, the um, blunders of his life. And, and honestly, what a gift that we have the scriptures that didn't try to clean it all up for us. You know, everyone's lives, everyone is, I'm just going to tell you, everyone in the scriptures has messed up lives, in case you didn't know that. And God keeps redeeming it and keeps redeeming it. And keep, that's the story, by the way. That's our story, too. And so, so David was a man after God's own heart. After all the times that he made really bad choices, really bad choices. Why? Because David longed for the Lord. He wanted God. He kept seeking God. He kept seeking God. He kept seeking God. All the beautiful psalms we have because of David, right? That's what God thought was so irresistible. And so God kept meeting with him. And God kept redeeming his life again and again and again. So keep going. Keep, keep seeking him. It's so worth it. And even in times like this where uh, perhaps you asked a question and you don't feel like you got an answer to they don't always come right away. You may get those answers a little later, and God says, yeah, I heard that. There'll be an answer a little later when it's a better time for you or when it's in the right place, okay? Um, so tonight, um, partly why I wanted to even start with this is because it just so fits, and, and I'm going to talk about a story in Acts 8 um, about Philip and the Ethiopian dignitary. Now, let me, let me start there. And just because some of you are saying, well, I thought it was something about a eunuch. Um, actually, honestly, in, in uh, the studies that I did, um, that word really is much more likely to be a, uh, a high official. He was actually the treasurer of the queen of Ethiopia. Um, and so does that, it doesn't really change the story one way or the other, but I just thought I would explain it really quick to you so that you're like, why is he not saying eunuch like I'm used to hearing this story? Um, but what this story is about, I honestly read it so differently this week. Um, this, uh, we're we're going to read the story in just a minute, but I always thought, um, let me go back and say, do you remember the, the story of... Um, the prodigal son. I'm sure you all know it pretty well. It's in the book of Luke. The youngest son says, I want my share of the inheritance. He runs off a wild living until he has no place left. He runs back to the father who's waiting for him. He throws him a party. You know the story. I'm just reminding you. I always thought that story was mostly about the sons. Like, for, especially when my younger years of life, I thought, well, this is about when you go out and you blow it, you got to come to your senses and you have to turn around and you have to repent. I mean, that's kind of what I thought the story was mostly about. It wasn't until I got much further along in my journey with the Lord that I realized this, was a, this story was all about the Father. In, every, in both cases with the sons, it was all about the Father and about his heart and about how he was waiting and about no matter what the mistakes, he's always calling us back into the party. Same thing for this one. This story I thought was about other characters, and I'm realizing it's about the Father. This story is about the Father. And then I started thinking about other stories that we've in the book of Acts. Even last week, when, when um, Joel was preaching about Simon the sorcerer, it really was about how God knew there was this man who had a past and wanted him, and he found a way to get to his heart. That's really what the story is about. All of the book of Acts, it isn't so much about this amazing group of people who were filled with the Spirit, which they were, and they did amazing things. It really is about a God who will stop at nothing to, to get all of his kids back into the kingdom. That's really what this is about, and that's what this story is about. So we're going to read it together. Um, but uh, I, my title is God Rewards Seekers, which might remind you of this verse from Hebrews eleven six, that without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those um, who earnestly seek him. I couldn't read it here. 
who earnestly seek him. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. Sometimes we don't like that idea of rewards. We're like, wait a minute. That means some people might not get rewards. He loves all of his kids. He's got blessings for all of his kids. But there are things he rewards. And we just talked about that with David, with King David. All right, so let's get to the story. Um, Acts 8, 26 to 40. Um, A messenger of the Lord said to Philip, so an angel of the Lord said to Philip, uh, I'm going to tell you this is all from the voice translation, which is one of my favorite uh, translations. Uh, I'm sorry, I said the voice. Um, The source, thank you. The source translation. I love the voice too, actually. This is from the source. A messenger of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go out towards the south on the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. It is a desert road. First thing you have to know, obviously God's getting uh, Philip's attention to do something. But what I want to tell you is he's saying, go down to Gaza, but I don't want you to go down this way. I want you to go down this way. You have to see a map in order to believe me. It'd be like me telling you, I want you to go into San Francisco, but don't go that way. I want you to go all the way down to San Jose and around over here and then go up there. That's what he was telling him to do. Very important for the rest of the story. Philip has a choice, and he makes a really good one. He got up, and he went. On his, he listened to the Lord, and he did it. We get these impressions all the time from God, and we have a choice. But I'm telling you, remember, this story is all about God and what he will do to, to go and bring any seeker to him. So, he, so Philip got up, he went on his way, and there was an Ethiopian, a high court official, who had great power under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. In fact, he was in charge of her whole treasury. This was, this was the CFO of Ethiopia. This is a pretty important guy. He had come to Jerusalem to worship Was he a Jew? Probably not, actually. Most people think probably not. He was just someone who was seeking God. Where can I find God? I go to Jerusalem, I guess. That's where people who know God go. So he went there to worship, and he was on his way back, and he was sitting in the chariot reading Isaiah the prophet aloud. And part of the reason why we say he's probably not a Jew, most Jews, uh, boys especially, were pretty well-versed in the scriptures. He didn't know what these scriptures were really talking about. So here's a seeker. He wants God. He goes to a service. He goes and jumps and shouts and praises and goes, okay, that was cool. I'm still not sure I get it, though. So he's now coming back, and I would love to know what he prayed in Jerusalem because, honestly, these, this is the answer to his cries. God was setting this up. He says, I hear your cries. This is my answer. So, so he's reading this Isaiah aloud, and... Uh, so spirit, the, the Spirit says to Philip, so just remember Philip's going down this road because the Lord told him to. He has no idea why. Honestly, he doesn't know yet. He's coming along. Now there's this chariot. Doesn't know who's in it, guaranteed. And then, and then the Spirit's saying, I want you to go run up alongside. Overtake the chariot and join him. Okay. That's the second thing the Lord told him. He doesn't. How many of you have, sometimes the Lord just tells you something and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I see some hands. Like, go do this, you know? Okay, okay is a really good answer. You don't have to know why. He won't always tell you why, all right? So Philip ran up to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? Really great question. By the way, we got to be much better at asking questions because I think a lot of times um, we, we start talking about things or answering things that they're not even asking. Um. A really good question, by the way, is um, tell me your story. I can't tell you how, honestly, when you don't know what to say to somebody or, or um, you know, maybe, they're, maybe they believe some things you don't believe spiritually. It seems like they're hungry and seeking, but you're not really sure what they're seeking after. Just ask them about their story. Tell me about your story. How'd you get here? All right? Uh, and, and anyway, back here. Do you understand what you're reading? And he the Ethiopian said, well, how can I unless someone guides me? And he urged Philip to get up and sit with him. Wow, instant favor from a high muck. There are many uh, prophetic words out in the last several years of how we are going to be speaking to kings, meaning important people, influential people in different realms of society, business. And how's that going to happen? Well, kind of just like this. God's going to kind of make it happen even when you don't even know it's happening. 
All of a sudden, you're just finding yourself there. Now, now he's gotten, many of us, he's been getting our hearts ready for a long time, and we're not even sure what for. What if, what if sometimes it's for just one little encounter? And what if you leave that encounter and you're not even entirely sure what good it did or what happened? Because honestly, you'll see later, Philip leaves this encounter. He doesn't, he leaves the encounter at the end. He doesn't know, I, I don't think he knows later what really happens to this Ethiopian when he goes back home. But he did, he did what he was supposed to do. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm getting ahead of myself. So he says, um, how can I? So come up here and sit with me, all right? This is what he was reading. Uh, a place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and in the same way that a lamb before the shearers is silent, he did not open his mouth. In his low state, his justice was taken away. And who can tell the full story of his descendants? Because his life is taken from the earth. He's reading from... Isaiah 53. Um, this is that whole lengthy passage about Jesus and, and about him dying for us and taking our shame and all, all of that. It's all there. He's reading this. He's like, this is fascinating. It's good. I just don't know why. I have no idea why. And he says, so he asked him a question. He says, uh, he asked Philip, please tell me, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Remember, he's reading the prophet Isaiah. He's saying, is Isaiah talking about himself or someone else? And then Philip opened his mouth. Can you say Philip opened his mouth? This is so important. He had to actually say something. God set the whole moment up. He didn't force himself. He was was given favor, right? But there comes a point where we do have to open our mouth and tell the story. We do. All right, just... Super key. And beginning at this scripture, he announced the good news to Jesus to him. Beginning at this scripture, he started where the Ethiopian was. He started there. He didn't try to say, oh, well, that passage is not important. Let's just go over here. He's like, no. And when I look at this, you know, if he's talking to him, of course, he's, I can just imagine. He's talking about, well, Jesus was the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the earth. But let me tell you why. Because something was wrong. And somebody had to come in and make things right so that we could have a relationship with the Father who loves you, who has nothing but good things in store for you. So Jesus took all the sin on him. You see, he's telling a story around the very scripture right here. And I want to remind you, I just want to tell you this. You do not have to have everything theologically sewed up in your mind in order to talk to people about Jesus. I think, I think the enemy's done a number on us to get us afraid. Like, do I even know what the gospel is? Yes, you do. Jesus came into your life and he changed you. And he came again and again, not just once, but, but over and over and over again. He said, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. Do you don't think people want to hear that? Everybody who's struggling and thinking that God couldn't love them, that your story is your most powerful you know, tool you have to talk to people about Jesus. So, so we get to open our mouth and, and talk about Jesus, okay? As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the high court official said, look, here's water. What's to stop me from being baptized? That tells me that, that Philip had to have mentioned baptism, right? He wouldn't have come up with that one all on his own. So some, and, and to me, the point of it is this, is that we've kind of lost something with, with baptism. We've kind of made it, a lot of our Christianity, you know, just, just me and Jesus. It's just me and Jesus over here. Well, that's, baptism is shouting to the world, I belong to Jesus now. And it's just something that comes along with our, our, our choice, you know, to believe Jesus and to follow him. And so he says, okay, what's to stop me? And uh, this is um, verse 37 says, if you believe, uh, Philip is telling him, if you believe with all your heart, then you may. He's like, yeah, if you believe, we could stop and do that. And the high court official answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. By the way, uh, if you look on that, depending on which scripture you look at, that verse won't be in there. Don't want to freak you out. It's just true. Verse 37, I believe. In other words, it isn't in the earliest manuscripts. It's in later ones. And so um, some, 
probably the, the best description is that somewhere along the way, the church thought it would be a really good idea to make sure everybody was really clear what he was agreeing to, that we're just going to put the words in there. Is that true or not? I don't know. I'm just telling you in case you look later. I didn't mean to confuse you. I just thought I would tell you because later if you're looking at the story, you're like, where's verse 37? It will be on a footnote at the bottom of your page, most of you. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. Both Philip and the high court official went down to the water and he baptized him. He baptized him right there. If you, you've, if you've been around here a long time, you've heard me say this before. If you're newer, it's going to be the first time. If you are hiking up to the top of Yosemite Falls next week and you happen to walk alongside of somebody getting a great conversation and they start asking you about Jesus and then they want Jesus, by all means, if you come to a creek, don't push them over the falls. But if they come to a creek that you're crossing over, may you baptize them? Absolutely. There's nothing in scripture that says it's only the apostles, it's only the pastors. It's, no, it is believers. We have somehow separated out baptism from following Jesus. It's, one, it's, it's, a, it's a joint deal, you know? It goes together. And yes, you can do that. Philip was a deacon. Is that the, is that the argument? <laughs> so deacons can. <laughs> I'm telling you, we, you can. Can you have communion at home if you're not here at church? What? And the pastor didn't serve it? I hope you hear what I'm saying, which is just that we have a lot more authority. When Jesus said, I give you all, all authority has been given to me, so you go, therefore, and baptize and disciple nations. He was talking to you all. He really was. All right. That's, so my question is, here's another question. Do any of you ever think about this? Do you need to be baptized to be saved? Do you ever think about this? I, some people do. I'm just going to answer it pretty quickly. Those that would say you have to be uh, baptized to be saved, a lot of them get it from here, Acts 2.38, which we read months ago. You must repent, and every one of you, when they said, what must we do to be saved? You must repent, and every one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I can see why people would read that and say, you need to be baptized to be saved. Uh, Romans 10.9 says something different. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Now, baptism there, that's about believing in your heart. Let's look at a little bit more. John, Jesus, when they said, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. I could show you a lot more scriptures like this. Belief, belief, faith in Jesus as, as Christ, as the king, as the savior is, is the deal. Um, uh, the thief on the cross, you know. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Hopefully, if, if baptism were a requirement to, for him to be there, he'd have to be somehow find a way to get down off that cross and go be baptized. So this is what I would say, though. Um, this is starting to explain now what is baptism then. Romans 6, 4. So by our baptism into his death, we were buried with him so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the Father's glorious power, we too should begin living a new life. In other words, the writers, you're going to see, they're just assuming that we've been baptized. This is all part of what it means to say, my old life is gone, my new life in Christ is here, it's the only life I have. Galatians 3, all of you are the children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, since every one of you that has been baptized has been clothed in Christ. We have new clothing, new garments, it's Christ himself. So it's just, it's just, it's just what we do. Um, baptism is just part of it. So do you need to be baptized to be saved? My answer, my answer would be no, but being baptized isn't an option. It's just not. It's just, it's, it's part of, it's part of what it means to follow Christ is we, we, we do this. We're going into the water. Uh, we're dying to our old self. The new, the only new self there is, is the one that comes out. Now, I would just say it'd be, if any of you have not been baptized, no, we don't have water in there tonight. Although if we did, I would totally go for it right now. Uh, cause you know me, you know, I would, <laughs> but, um, 
But I would say, please come, please come talk to us. And uh, occasionally we have services where we fill this up. But honestly, if you want to be baptized sooner than that, all you got to do is find a hot tub somewhere. And um, I or someone would baptize you for sure. So just talk to us, all right? That was a little aside. Um, yeah. I'm going to get back to this one in a minute. Um, I want to tell a quick baptism story. Um, we were, um, we had a home group um, in our, our uh, condo in Pleasanton many years ago, many, many years ago. And there was a woman in our group who, she was a believer, but, but honestly, she felt like she was hearing the gospel for the first time. She, she had been kind of one of those that had just been striving and trying to be good enough to please God and can't win that one if, if you haven't figured that out. And, um, and she started hearing about grace and about love and things um, for the first time that she hadn't heard and how much God really loved her and accepted her. And suddenly she said, I, I feel like I need to receive Jesus again now that I know what he really died for. You know, he died to set me free so that I can experience this intimacy, um, not so that I can try to be a good little girl, you know. And so she, she, um, she talked to her about this, and we, we, we prayed with her, and she's sobbing, and she's like, I need to be baptized. And so, so we took her out to our pool, which was freezing cold because it was like, what was it, March? Gosh, I thought it was November, December. But anyway, it was freezing cold, no heat in that pool. We went out there. She got, you know, she got changed. We went out there, and I got in the pool with her, and it was cold. Cold. I was willing, but it was cold. I don't know, 40 degrees, something like that. And, um, and so we baptized her. And afterwards, she just told the most amazing story that when she went in from the time she set her foot in that water, she, she felt warm the whole time. Uh, never felt any cold. And then and when she came out of the water, she saw Jesus and <laughs> had this amazing encounter. Now, is every baptism like that? No. But it's actually happening, whether we see it or know it or not. These are things that are going on in the spirit. It's a very real deal, okay? Um, and uh, before I share the end, I want to I share one more story with you about um, leading someone to Jesus. Because this is, this is really about listening to the Lord. Um, if he brings us into an encounter with someone sharing about Jesus... And, and leading, them, leading them there, you know, go ahead and tell them about Jesus and give them an opportunity if they want to. We don't coerce anybody. We don't manipulate. But there are times when they want to and we're not ready to just talk to them and bring them on in. Um, and so, so I was, um, this, this, I don't think I've ever told this story, but we were, um, let's see, when I was in my mid-20s, young, young to mid-20s, uh, my parents got a divorce, and uh, that was very difficult. Um, you know, there was heartache. There was, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. Even though I wasn't a, a kid anymore, it's still tough. You know, those did not. Uh, there was a lot of things I had to process. And as many of you know, then when there's uh, step parents involved, or uh, you know, it's difficult because you're you're kind of, in a sense, forced into a place where you need to try to relate to this person or get along with them or love them when a lot of times you don't even like how it all happened or, you know what I mean, the circumstances around it becomes very challenging. And so um, I was going down, I was driving down south. Uh, they lived in L.A. I was up here. And um, I was going down to visit them. And um, I know I was praying along the way, but I wasn't thinking that anything, you know, spectacular was good. I don't, I don't remember praying ahead of time about, oh Lord, you know, I need, need to make sure they're all saved and anything like that. I got there and um, my, my dad's wife, her name is Susie, by the way, my dad's long since been with Jesus, uh, home, gone home to be with Jesus. So this story is quite a ways back. Um, but I got there and I think she, Susie, uh, took me into, you know, the guest room, put my stuff down. And I wish that I wish I could remember how the conversation came up because I can't. I don't remember. But I just remember I wasn't trying to make it happen. I wasn't thinking, like, how do I talk to my stepmom about Jesus? It just came up. 
And I started sharing, and I just shared about you know my own journey and what what Jesus has done for us and how he he died for us and died for our sins, you know, so that we're forgiven. And and um, and I said, is and it just kind of dawned on me because I could see she was engaged with me. She wasn't like you know looking the other way or trying to get out the door, right? And I and I just I said, is that something that you want? And she said, Yeah, I do. And it almost surprised me because I wasn't. <laughs> wasn't prepared for this. I was, and I said, okay, well, why don't we pray? Why don't I, uh, let's pray together. And uh, you can invite him, you know, into your life and receive his forgiveness. And she said, don't you think we ought to kneel down? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So we knelt down together. I, I led her in a prayer of you know, thank you, Jesus, that you, you've died for me. I receive your forgiveness. You're, I want to follow you as my Lord, my Savior. By the way, that's not a magical prayer either. Like, so if you don't think you have that down and you can't lead someone, that's not, there's no magic in it. It's just simply um, those who believe. I showed you the scriptures. Those who believe. There's something in their heart shifts. And suddenly what they didn't know was true, they now know is true. And they're just giving expression to that. That's really what it is. Um, and so, so I, I led her and, um, and then a wild thing is that her oldest daughter, um, who at the time was involved in a really, uh, in a relationship that was very, um, destructive and, um, abusive. Um, but, uh, so, but she wasn't home. Finally, when she extricated herself from that relationship much later, she came back to live in the house now with my, my dad and stepmom, um, her name is Christy, and, and she, um, I got to lead her to Jesus like a year or two later. I was just sitting on the couch with her and talking about life and about how hard that was and about how Jesus could help clean up, you know, her heart and all the damage. And she was, she just had this longing for him. So I just want to tell you, I didn't see any of that coming. It's not what I would have chosen for my parents or for my life or have to go through. It, God uses the most unusual things at times. And he will, he will, just like Philip, we don't even know sometimes what we're doing. He's like, no, I just want you in the right place at the right time. Because I really love people. It's really what this is about. I love people. And this is the very end of the story. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord seized Philip, carried him away, and the high court official never saw him again. Whoop! But he went off on his way rejoicing, the, the uh, Ethiopian. And by the way, the, the, um, there is a depth of Christian tradition in Ethiopia today that, that is just astounding. There's... There's, I think, I think it's quite likely <laughs> that this guy had a whole lot to do with that. They're among the earliest of followers of Jesus in that region. It's from Ethiopia. Anyway, just fascinating, and I love it. And Philip found himself at Azotus. Why is that significant? That was 15 miles away. Most would agree that this was just translation. <laughs> God says, thank you, you did what I asked. Now come over here and keep, keep sharing. He passed through there and announced the good news in all the cities until he reached Caesarea. And that's the last you hear about that. See, it really, this story really wasn't about Philip. It was because he said yes a couple times, meaning, okay, I'll go there. I don't know what I'm doing. He opened his mouth. But it's really about God seeing a son who in this case went all the way to Jerusalem to try to find him, still didn't have the answers. He says, all right, I'll find someone to come alongside at just the right time. You'll receive Jesus, and you'll be baptized, and you'll be with me forever. This is just the way it's going to be. And I'm telling you, God does these things. He orchestrates these things in amazing, beautiful ways. And it just reminds me also of the parable of the sower in Matthew 13. I'm not going to go into it because we're, we're wrapping up right here. But just to say that... That parable is about sowing the seeds and sowing the seeds, and you don't know where they all go. And honestly, it's not our job to know where they all go. That wasn't the point of the parable. But some of them are going to find really good soil. Some of them won't. And, and so sometimes we get discouraged because we, we share with somebody, and maybe we didn't see what we were hoping to see. But maybe, maybe that's not going to happen until later. Maybe it's not going to happen until 
10 people after you share with that person, but you were absolutely needed. You may never know. You're not going to know a whole lot of this until someday. Someday. I believe in heaven there's a highlight reel coming that's going to blow you away. Because it's not only about every time that you, ex- you express love or faith or joy, you know, love, faith, hope. What am I? Faith, hope, and love. Is that right? All of a sudden my mind went blank. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Anyway, so every time you express faith, hope, or love, somehow that all gets reserved forever. That's what it says. But I'm telling you, I, I think we're even going to see the ripple effect of all the lives we've touched. And, and people that you talk to one time and have long since forgotten, but that seed planted, and God's going to show you later what happened. That's going to be just amazing. I'd like you to stand, please. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So this is what I was seeing earlier. Just kind of go here with me if you would. I would like you to uh, take your right hand and, and touch your right hip. Only now I want you to, now I want you to realize that there's a bag of seeds right there. <laughs> that the Lord has placed. There's a, there's a seed bag there. And uh, you have all the seeds you need. Like anytime you reach into that bag right there, the seeds are always going to be replenished, no matter how much seed you take out and you throw on the hearts of the people around you. You reach back again, and there's more. There's more. There's more. And Jesus says, just freely give what you freely received. Don't worry about the outcomes. Just love people and plant seeds and tell them about me and love them some more and tell them about me. And in this story, I, I just think about um, Philip's obedience. And t- tonight we practice listening prayer. I just want you, in your however you want to pray this, to, to, to say, Lord... I, I am willing, I am willing to do whatever you ask me to do. Just tell them in whatever way you want to. Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing. I want to hear your voice more. I want to learn what that, those, those nudges feel like. And when, Lord, you tell me to go down this road instead of that road, even if I don't know the why, I'll do it. I'll do it. Or you tell me to go up and talk to that person or give a word to that waitress or whatever it is. I'll do it. I'll do it, Lord. I will sow the seed. Even if I don't know past that day what happens, I'll do it. And we started this earlier. I, wanna, I just want to conclude this way too because I, I, I want you to take the hand of the person next to you. And I would like us to just take a moment to pray courage, courage into this person next to you, courage that they would, as the Lord brings them into situations, they would open their mouth and they would speak and they would share their story. Courage, courage, courage. Whoa, whoa. Holy Spirit, I ask for that, for a spirit of, of courage, which comes from encouragement. Let a spirit of courage come upon your people. Lord, I ask that, Holy Spirit, I ask that, Jesus, that that the courage of the Lion of the tribe of Judah and the one who we carry inside of us would come forth, always in love, but would come forth with courage, 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 and boldness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Whoa. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <laughs> and uh, I want to encourage all of you that uh, this God who seeks out, he seeks us out. He is seeking you out constantly. So this is not just for people who don't know him. This is, this is all, all the time. So, so as, we, as we practice a little bit today, the listening prayer, whatever that looks like for you, I want to encourage you, keep seeking him. He's, he's going to keep meeting you. And uh, as I look back on my life, you, you shared, I think it was you that shared the history 
that, that the history we have with God, he's been showing me a lot of that. Sometimes we look back, you know, we can look back if the enemy gets a hold of things in our head and we can look back with just in disgust about choices that we made, even though Jesus has already forgiven us. And God instead wants you to see his faithfulness through it and how he pulled you out of this and pulled you out of that and came and got you here and came and got you there and came and got you there. And that is never going to end. So I want to encourage you tonight. This story is also about you. You're the seeker. You're the seeker. And God says, I'm going to orchestrate and arrange things to come and get you over and over and over and over again because this is what I do. You are that important to me. Amen. Whew. That just feels good. Amen. I think, um, I don't see a lot of our prayer team around. Are you guys around? Do you want to? Do we have prayer teams here? Yeah, come on up. I think it's just always a good idea when we can. Maybe a couple other leaders, overseers, if you're feeling it, would come join them. And so at this point, especially if you're new and you don't know, we're kind of our service is done, kind of, meaning uh, you're free to go. <laughs> you're always free to go anytime, actually. But, um, but if you want prayer, come on up and uh, let us know how we can pray for you. We, we actually see uh, miracles pretty pretty often because this is who God is. It's what he does. So I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. Amen.